Hello, my friends. Welcome to Soundbite Gospel. I'm your host, Travis Hayes, and this is part two, unexpectedly part two, of The Great Manifesto. Um, Last week, if you did not listen to it, go back so you know what where the heck we are. <laughs> um, we're on talking about the Sermon on the Mount and how Jesus has, you know, is ushering in this great manifesto um, through the Beatitudes and through, you know, conventional religious morality, um, aka, you know, not doing just external wrong, but, you know, as opposed to that, talking about the deeper within, you know, the spider, not the cobweb. All this will make sense if you go back and listen to part one. Um, so we, we left off with our quote from Dallas Willard and Jesus is not done. You thought he was, but he is not. (laughs) Um, he keeps on saying, um, you have heard that it was said, and this is Matthew 5, 38, by the way, you have heard that it was said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer, but if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. Now let's stop here. This idea is so crazy. Um, you know, it, cause if someone strikes you on the right cheek, they have given you a backhand slap and it's like, um, the person of power, let's say ah, a Roman soldier person of power, <laughs> um, has you has, has made you the inferior person. Let's say a Jew. Um, so we got a Roman and Jew very, you know, common relationship um and you could strike back but that would just reduce you to the same violence as your oppressor and so what good is that you could walk away and but that's not really much of anything because then your oppressor wins um and you and you come off as um as timid and and whatnot um but if you turn the other cheek as jesus is telling us think of it you turn your cheek and now your presumably right-handed oppressor must treat you not as an inferior person, but as a peer by hitting you with a fist. So turning his slap into a fist and you've shown yourself to be not violent or weak, but rather courageous and dignified and strong. You have thus transcended oppression without violence or revenge. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, Jesus, what, what he's saying in such a short sentence Hey, let's go on though. <laughs> Turn the, um, let's see if anyone, if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. Um, I mean, this is very similar to what Jesus was talking about the, um, you know, turning your other cheek. I um, mean, you know, if someone takes you to court, like a rich landowner, um, or a poor, you know, or whatnot, that would be very pop. That would be very common for a rich landowner to take a poor peasant, um, who had gotten in debt and they, and, and all that stuff for them to take them to court and want more things, uh, from them. Um, but what Jesus is saying is, you know, give them their, give them your outer garment too. Um, you know, I've, you know, your generosity leaves you defenseless and exposed. You know, when, when you when you get rid of your outer garment, outer garments, that's you're naked. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, physically, yes, but the main point is metaphorically. You know, you you're naked. You're you're leaving yourself exposed and defenseless, um, and in a sense, your exposure exposes the naked greed and cruelty of your oppressor so it's like it's almost like a a mirror that that shines what the oppressor is actually doing back on them because you've become this defenseless person 
Um, you, once again, you, you, you've transcended oppression um, without violence. Um, it's, it's, man, it's so packed. And then finally it says, you know, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. And this is, once again, another common thing, you know, because a Roman soldier could do this very thing to a Jew where they would make the Jew carry his armor. And, you know, and, 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 you, and you know, he's saying, Jesus is telling you to willingly take the pack and go a second mile. Show yourself to be a generous human being, strong, self-controlled, dignified, and not dominated. You're transcending your oppressor and the oppression. The way to transcend, uh, I love this quote um, by uh, an author, by uh, Brian McLaren. He says, the way to transcend a corrupt system is through generosity, giving, not holding back. And so all this, you know, is saying, you know, look, we've got to go above and beyond the call to, to show generosity, to go the non-violent route. And I know that's so difficult to hear, especially in America where we are all about our guns and we are all about um, our power and, and, and showing that power and forcing freedom, you know, more of a sometimes a Pax Romana style freedom <laughs> um, like the ancient Romans used to do. Um, and we think that's what Jesus is calling us to do. I, I don't think so. He wants us to transcend all this, this oppression through nonviolent actions and to you know, not walk away um, timid or show ourselves as cowardly, um, but not to turn back and you know, fight back. I mean, there, there's a third alternative. There is a third way. Um, and far too often, I think we don't take that. Um, I think, you know, if, if we get hurt, we want to hurt back. Um, if not, and we, we feel like the Christian thing to do is just to sweep it under the rug and not deal with it. I don't think that's right either. <laughs> um, there is a better way. And I think it's, you know, what Jesus is saying here, um, you know, going that extra mile, uh, making it absolute, making yourself seem absolutely ridiculous, um, as much as a naked person in court <laughs> would be, um, that's that that's the manifesto and all these things that Jesus is saying has led us to a crescendo um, this is this is the climax this is the peak of what Jesus is saying and so far you've probably been on board um, maybe except for the last part um, and you've been like, yes, yes, yes. This is, you know, this is exactly what, you know, we should be doing. And this is what, yes, Jesus, this is great. And then Jesus drops this truth bomb that we, we, we say we agree with, with our words, but man, do we really believe it? And do we really act it out? So let's see what he has to say. You have heard it that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, which by the way, I think is a very um, 
overlooked um, verse, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. God shows no partiality to good or evil and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, this perfect is not be a perfect person, because obviously that's not possible. He's saying, hey, be perfectly, uh, be, be compassionate perfect. Um, you know, showing, because God is love, and, and embodying the um, the revelation of God and his characteristic of love. Um, and this is... This is the hardest pill to swallow, I think. I 100% think that this is the hardest pill to swallow in the kingdom manifesto and what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God and as to love our enemies because this is literally the last thing that any human being naturally wants to do. It does not compute with our human brains. But yet Jesus is telling us, look, loving your, your your neighbors and your family and your friends, that's nothing. That requires no sacrifice. That requires no you know, higher bar. The higher bar is to love your enemies. And you know, who are we who are our enemies? You know, just like we have to figure out who our neighbors are, we have to figure out who are our enemies. Who are the people who have hurt us? Who are the people who have spoken ill of us? Who are the people who don't want the best for us? Um, those are our enemies. And Jesus wants us to love them. And that man, I rarely ever get that right. But it's something that we we've I, I think we take too lightly and we kind of say, oh yeah, that's, that's great. That's what I'll do. But do we really, do we really? And this goes beyond the golden rule. Um, this, this is not, you know, treat others the way you would want to be treated. And, oh no, no, no. <laughs> In John 15, 12, Jesus says, this is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. So we are not commanded to love each other as we would want to be treated, like, you know, treat each other the way we want to be treated. No, we are commanded to love one another as Jesus loved us. That is a high bar. And that, I think that requires a cross to be taken. Um, I don't think that's too far of a stretch to say when, when Jesus says, you know, this is the cross, you have to pick up your cross to follow him. Loving our enemies is a cross because that is not easy and that is not something that we want to do. But hey, like the kingdom is radical. The kingdom is, turns everything upside down and that's what it is. And you know what? Maybe when you're thinking of your enemies, uh, I, I can't remember where I heard this quote, um, but maybe enemies are sometimes just friends whom we don't know their story. And I, I love that quote because it's like, you know, maybe, maybe there are enemies, but that's just because we don't know their background. We don't know where they're coming from. We don't know who they are. We don't, um, we view them as, as objects or a means to an end, um, but not actual human beings, not people with real emotions and feelings and, and aspirations and dreams. Um, and, and maybe when we learn their story, we'd actually would be able to love. 
you know, it's not easy in no way, shape or form. Um, but Hey, this is the way, um, the opposite of this, the opposite of loving those is destruction is leads to destruction. Um, and the Jewish nation more than anybody would understand and see this later. Um, cause you know, 40, uh, 40 something years after Jesus preaches this, people didn't listen. And one of the largest massacres and the destruction of the temple in 8070 happened because people didn't turn the other cheek and revolt happened and thousands upon thousands of Jews lost their lives and their bodies thrown into Gehenna. And yeah, it's, he was not playing around. It leads to destruction for sure. And, you know, I, I think we're called to go the other way the narrow path, the one that leads to, to, you know, abundant life, eternal life. And that's the kingdom manifesto. I mean, man, the Sermon on the Mount is so packed. And when we dissect it a little bit, even in just short little bits, I wish, God, I wish I had way more time, but that's <laughs> in the time frame that I got, that's, that's, that's what it is. The kingdom manifesto, it's, it, it's a heart change not external modification we are the secret agents of love and we are called to infiltrate our society from the inside out and that is a beautiful beautiful thing reconciliation over retribution turning the other cheek blessing those and being blessed through our poor spirit and through a pure heart Um, it's all that it's all great it's wonderful and beautiful and amazing and that's the kingdom manifesto and may his spirit love and shalom be in and with you my friends until next time